Ephesians 5.22 says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Hello, and welcome back to Think This Way. This is the podcast of Faith Bible Church. I'm one of the pastors here, Pastor Bryce. And we have been talking about family this quarter. Last week, we looked at a husband's roles, the three L's of a husband, the lover, leader, and learner. And over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at various marriage topics. But since we looked at husbands last week, it's only right that we now look at a wife's roles. I am not a wife, of course. And (laughs) as I state the obvious, but as you can hear from the joyful laughter, I I am a wife. I have a wife with me. In fact, my own wife. It is Michaela. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being here, Michaela. It's my pleasure. This is take number three of doing this podcast (laughs) because we've been laughing and having a good time, which is a part of and the we're three F's. So tired. We're we're deliriously <laughs> tired right now. <laughs> so bear with us. Bear with us and pray that there's useful things in here. But there will be because God's word. Because it is God's word. Mm-hmm. And so what I've done here for a discussion of a wife's roles today, biblically, is the three L's of a husband's role, lover, leader, learner, are pretty commonly used in especially the biblical counseling world, and are pretty straightforward, but I've yet to find a comparable three alliterating letters for wives. So I've made one, and it's not perfect. You made this? Um, I made the specific words that we're using because they all start with F. I did not know that you made this. I just stole the concepts, but I made three alliterating words. That's my only contribution. I thought this was from the book. Well, thank you very much. Wow. You're already fulfilling the first <laughs> F of a wife. I'm so impressed. Uh, well, let's get right into the roles of a wife. Michaela's also demonstrating them right now <laughs> because here are the three Fs uh, that alliterate. The first one's a little bit of a stretch, but we're going to work with it. The first biblical role of a wife is respect, and the F that we're going to use is fan. A wife mm. is a fan of her husband. That Concept respect, you see that in Ephesians 5.33, verse 22 that I read earlier says, wives submit to your own husbands, we'll come back to that. But when Paul restates it at the end of the chapter, verse 33, he says, let the wife see that she respects her husband. 1 Peter 3.2 as well talks about uh, even an unbelieving husband may see his wife's respectful and pure conduct. So a wife respects her husband, she is a fan. So that's the first question I wanted to ask you, Michaela. Just what does it mean for a wife to respect her husband? Or if we're going to use the language here of fan, what does it mean for a wife to be a fan of her husband? Hmm. Well, honestly, I think in that definition of a fan, I think it gives us a little bit more to understand what respect even could mean. Because sometimes when you think of the word respect, it can feel very cold, You know, like I respect my dad or my mom, but not a lot of excitement there. Or it's kind of hard to really like put into words exactly what what that really means, because like I respect you, Bryce, as my husband, but I also just have a lot of respect for you as a person in how I know that you are 
serving the Lord in your character, in the things that you like doing, like just naturally based on my personality, your personality, I have a lot of respect for you. So then it's easy to be a fan of all the things that you do because I really respect like your heart and your love for people. And so now I'm just trying to think about. (laughs) Well, I think about probably oh, just yesterday. I was thinking about this because uh, your parents are in town when we're recording this. They probably left by now, but staying with us and we were maybe having lunch or something. And you made a comment like something like, oh, man, I I can't believe I married Bryce. He's just like the best. And let me let me make clear to everyone that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm not the best. I I, mean, I promise you it's not true. But but I but I feel like that idea. I mean, I feel very respected. I mean, because you more than anyone, you know, all the things that aren't the best. So you could choose to focus on those because they affect your life, every single one of them. And you could choose to highlight that for your family or whatever. But, I mean, you really did make a choice because when you say he's the best, I mean, you're saying that with a full consciousness of all the things about (laughs) me that are not the best, you know. And so I do feel like that's a kind of a choice. I wonder if you have any counsel for... Yeah, because when I'm thinking about this... I feel like I'm not even a good one to have on here to talk about this, this one especially, because I feel that I, it's easy for me to respect you probably a lot more than, it's, it's probably a lot harder for some other women in different circumstances with the husbands that they have to really respect them for whatever reason. You know, sometimes it's because of your own sin. Sometimes it's because of their sin. I think for those who find this idea very difficult because you live at home with a very difficult husband or with with maybe somebody who really... I guess in our world term, doesn't deserve your respect. God still calls you as a wife to respect your husband. And so therefore, obedience is to respect your husband, even if you don't think he deserves it or in the world's eyes, he doesn't deserve it. Um, And I think that's a lot weightier of a conversation. Yeah, maybe it would be more comparable to the you know, scripture says, honor the king. Mm. And for us, we have government. And so you could maybe think when the opposing political party is in the ascendancy, the president and others, the respect that you're required as a Christian to give, it doesn't mean you pretend you agree. It doesn't mean you go, yeah, they all do great stuff. I mean, you can disagree so strongly and still honor the king and still give respect and some wives will find themselves in that position and need a lot of wisdom to know how to navigate that. Yeah. And so I think when it comes like very practically to this idea, um, an encouragement would be to be very careful about the words that you say to your husband and to your friends and those around you 
because I think your words communicate a lot about what's actually in your heart. So if there is real respect in your heart, it will come out through your words. And if there's not, it will also come out in your words. So an encouragement could just be if you are really struggling to respect your husband, pray, (laughs) ask God to give you a heart that would be obedient to his word and give you a heart that can honor God by respecting your husband and not not say those things <laughs> that you could very easily say to people um and also try to think of things beforehand that you appreciate in your husband to be able to share with him or with others not to just make up anything but genuinely to try to cultivate in your own heart true respect for your husband that's good that's good so fan that's the idea of respect there i now want to jump to another f of a wife's roles it's the most controversial one which there's an irony to because it's actually the one that's most taught in the new testament and most clearly taught in the new testament Mm -hmm. but is the most controversial one and that one will be follower. And these correspond, by the way, roughly to the roles of a husband. The husband is the lover. The wife is the fan, showing respect. If the husband is the leader, then the wife is the follower. And the biblical term for this is submission, given by that command to submit or be subject that we find. I read one of those, Ephesians 5.22, wives, submit to your own husbands. That's the command there. and. First uh, Peter three one. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands. Same idea in that case, mm-hmm. even to unbelieving husbands. Mm-hmm. And Ephesians five twenty two. I should note. I mean, the command is wives submit your own husbands as to the Lord. But he clarifies that part of the reason for that is because marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. Mm-hmm. That's why there's submission on the wife's part. It has nothing to do with. Even the husband inherently being more competent as a leader, that's not even always the case. But actually, it's part of God's design. He says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church's body and is himself its Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. So, like I said, that's uh, the more controversial point, but also (laughs) the clearer point. But maybe so we can get a better picture of this, uh, what does biblical submission look like? And also maybe what does it not look like? Yeah, it's funny that you would ask me. (laughs) Because you have grown so tremendously. If anyone could answer this, Mm. you could answer Mm. this. Praise God. Yeah, this coming from the, the little college student who thought, I got to a chapter about submission in a book and thought, hmm, well, not married doesn't apply to me. (laughs) Turns out it's uh, all over scripture and God does call everyone to submit to authority in some way or another. So, you know, praise God, he's helping me grow. Um, But I think um, submission, especially nowadays, is really very controversial 
But biblical submission really is we follow our husbands and um, it's not that we ultimately always submit to everything, even in unbiblical or ungodly ways. Um, I think there are instances where you you do not have to submit to your husband because he's calling you to do things that do not honor God and are sinful. And in that case, you do not. But in all the other areas, you can submit to your husband and you can do it in a way that glorifies God because even in your submission, you recognize that you're not submitting to him just on an outward level because he's got all the great ideas and all the best decisions and so forth, but you're submitting as unto Christ. You're, I mean, there's that passage that you read in Ephesians 5 really does paint the picture for us that, wow, submission is so beautiful. It's so important because this is literally Christ and his bride, Christ and his church, his people. And so when you submit to your husband, regardless of what he is or who he's like, you have the opportunity to still paint a picture of what it looks like to submit to Christ. And that really is such a big it's such a big deal. It's such a privilege to be able to have that kind of opportunity. But it's really, some, sometimes it's really hard in the moment to be able to step back and see it in that light, especially when it goes against your preferences and your, you know, your opinions or the way you would like things to be done or even sometimes if you're a little bit smarter in some areas and you know that this is the right thing, like it can be really hard to humble yourself and submit in a way that honors God. And still we have that opportunity to do that. Yeah. I mean, that point about submission is broader than just wives submitting to their husbands. I mean, that's often where the controversy is, but submission is a common to all people submitting to government leadership submitting to local church leadership yeah we submit to god we submit to christ when we call him lord that's literally us submitting to him uh, i imagine there's submission to a husband as to the lord the tricky piece there is that a husband is not as perfect as the lord hmm. so that i would acknowledge would be a i imagine a challenge because when you submit to Christ, you know he's right. You might struggle with what he's saying or his word, but at the end of the day, you know you're just being stubborn. You know he's right, so you submit to him. With A, hus a husband could be wrong, you know, mm -hmm. about some financial investment, about what we're going to do with the house, about a move, about all kinds of things. But do you want to know the crazy thing? I do. Is that Christ became a man, and he submitted to the will of the Father. And that included submitting to local authorities, to, yeah, to his parents, his parents, to <clears throat> the Pharisees, Sadducees, you know, I mean, submitted to the point of death 
on a cross. And if you just, if, if you can take a step back and look at your Savior and really see Him be the example for us of what submission is and how beautiful it is, really, because ultimately, even if your husbands aren't making the best decisions that are these big decisions, you know, and it can be really scary, but but God is in control, and the will of the Father is what will be done, and so even in that way, we can follow our Savior in submitting to husbands, submitting to our government, submitting to our elders and pastors and leaders, even when we have different ideas, because we know we can trust God. We can trust him to work out whatever happens, even if it's bad in the moment, for good in the end. And I think sometimes when you're in the thick of life, it can be so difficult to step back and and really just take a bigger look at life and to really see that God really is trustworthy. Because it can be really hard and some of the decisions, I mean, it could it could really ruin your life in a worldly sense. But if even if it ruins your life in a worldly sense, you can be doing the right thing spiritually and God is so honored when we trust him in that way. Reminds me of Abigail. We'll see her in First Samuel later on. But there is an example of a woman who was married to Nabal. His name literally means worth. Does it mean worthless? I think it means <laughs> worthless or fool or yeah. something like that. Uh, and she openly acknowledged to David when she went to him. She said that. She said, as his name is, so is he. Mm. So, you know, she is respecting him, but she's able to be honest about the nature of things. She's not, it's not like, um, yeah, she's not lying or pretending things aren't the way they are. She's wise. She understands that she's married to a bad guy, a foolish guy. She takes matters into her own hand really behind his back in a sense because he wasn't going to give David's men any food. She gives David's men food so that they don't all die. So that was good of her that she did that. And she did it in what seems a respectful way, but again, open to reality. Uh, oftentimes, if you're married to a guy who's not a good guy, he will try to twist reality, and that is one of those challenges of how do you submit to a a husband who is not a good guy, who is trying to manipulate reality and manipulate you. And I would encourage you to have local church mm-hmm. involvement, local church leadership involvement. It's just very tricky to navigate all of that stuff, but it can be done to the glory of God with a respectful attitude because First Peter 3, 1, it's talking about wives being subject to unbelieving husbands, the effect that may have. And I've always been impressed too by the end of that First Peter 3, 1 through 6 for wives it gets to the end and says, you're Sarah's children. If you do good and are not frightened by, it says, mm-hmm. and are not frightened by anything that's frightening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, that's kind of the definition yeah. of something frightening is you're frightened by it. But, yeah. but that's because even for Sarah, as much as Abraham was a man of faith, he did give her twice to a harem. 
So that, you know, that's yeah. a blemish on his record. <laughs> it's not so good. Yeah. But she hoped in God. So First Peter 3 says, wasn't frightened by anything fearful. So if, if just as a caveat, if you're listening to this and if there's anything like physical abuse happening, that's a whole mm. different discussion. I encourage you to get safe. You can still love and respect and submit to your husband. And the best way to help him would be to get safe, you and the kids, mm -hmm. and report to civil authorities God's put in place, please, and get people involved to get some help for you, and especially for him. Um, but even others who are just manipulative, cruel, you know, lean on the local church, pray, mm -hmm. pray, 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 and submission does not always mean doing exactly what is being asked of you, so mm -hmm. that does take some wisdom there. Well, Let's go into our final F. We've said fan, which is respect. A wife is also a follower, the idea of submission to her husband. And the final F is friend. This is companionship. <laughs> so if the husband's the lover, leader, learner, then the wife is the fan, follower, friend. Companionship I see in a verse that's very dear to me because it's played out in my experience so well. <laughs> Genesis 2.18, then the Lord God said, it's not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And some, some men are rather independent before they are married. That's good and healthy and such forth. And if you had seen my hair before I was married, you would say, that's not good. It's not good for that man to be alone for my wardrobe or unseasoned whatever. Unseasoned chicken. <laughs> yeah, the unseasoned chicken I ate. Eggs with no <clears throat> salt. Because it's efficient. Gross. And it ruined eggs and chicken for a long time. So, but this idea of companionship, a helper fit for him. And Proverbs 31.11 says of the wise wife, the heart of her husband trusts in her. So that's my question for you, Michaela. Uh, you certainly are a good companion and friend. So how can a wife be a good friend or a companion for her husband? Well, I think you can be a good friend by knowing your husband well enough to ask good questions, mm. to know how they're really doing, to be able to support them well. When I think of a friend, I think specifically, especially spiritually, a friend. Um, and maybe that's because we're so involved in ministry and like spiritual things play such a, a huge role in our life. But as a friend, I just, I think I really want to know how you're doing spiritually. I want to try to draw you out and be someone that you can share openly with and feel comfortable to tell me what you're struggling with and confide in me. And, you know, kind of like if there's nobody else out there, I want to be that person for you. So just trying to love you in a way that that kind of situation can happen, I guess. <laughs> yeah, which is what you've done. I mean, maybe more than most because when we got married seven years ago. I mean... I mean, it's almost eight now. Almost eight years now. Is that crazy? Now. I came into marriage fairly artificial. Not and I did trying not. to be. Yeah, and you I came, did not. You came real. Uh. You came real and yourself. And uh, 
not trying to be fake, but I don't know that I let people too close. I mean, not on purpose even. I, maybe it's just I'm not accustomed to that. And I do feel like you kind of opened that side of me that was quite thoroughly closed. I didn't even know it was closed. And then, yeah, you've just been a very good friend and companion. My heart trusts in you. <laughs> well, praise God. <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've really felt for you because for some people, this discussion of friendship will include a lot of those like doing fun things together, like Depends on season of life. It's different with young kids, but a hobby together, investing that kind of friendship through no fault of your own. I don't do fun stuff. <laughs> Not too much. So Not I know that's often. a challenge. So that spiritual friendship, yeah. that's a lot of what we're yeah, doing. Yeah. You like to read. Yeah. It's a fairly solitary endeavor. But it's hard it's hard to read with Bryce because I just want to talk to him. So then he's trying to read and Stop I'm being such a companion. What are you doing? Continuing to interrupt him. Which is what I need. Well, Michaela, I appreciate you being on here and talking to us about being a wife. I feel like you've God has graciously grown you and developed you. You I know you didn't originally think you would be a wife. <laughs> but you've developed into one I deeply, deeply appreciate. So mm. thank you for being on here. Well, may God continue to grow us. And if you're listening to this and maybe you've not thought about biblical roles of a wife, maybe you are a wife and you've just not thought through those roles. You've just been kind of coasting and doing what seems right. Um, or maybe you have felt somewhat opposed, especially that submission idea. You're just wondering how could that be possible that God requires that of us? Whatever the case might be, whatever you've thought in the past, may God help us all now to think this way. Mm -hmm.